Looks like we're in the middle of a Bitcoin pump. We're just scraping 28,000. I'm not surprised that we're scraping 28,000. I'm going to show you why on the show today. But generally, Q4 for Bitcoin is mega, mega, mega bullish. 93.8% average return. So um, we're going to talk about that today. Also, I want to talk to you about this comment over here that was made by one of the directors of or ex-directors of BlackRock. He reckons that a Bitcoin ETF, a spot Bitcoin ETF, is going to be approved within three to six months. Listen to this. I think um, two weeks ago, I would have said uh, nine to 12 months away. This is for the U.S. approval. Uh, but sitting here today, I'd say it's closer three to six months. There. So he's calling three to six months. And today I'm going to show you why he's calling for three to six months, why he's all of a sudden uh, so bullish. Then I want to look at something else. I want to look at the charts and I want to look at the charts that everyone is talking about. So it's this chart over here. Everybody's looking at the same chart. And in this chart, Bitcoin continues to go down until uh, a certain point before the halving. And then we flip up. I'm going to show you why I think all of these people are going to get um, shocked and why I think the market's going to do the opposite of what all these people actually think. Then I want to talk about altcoins because there are some signs of life when it comes to altcoins. Even though the Bitcoin dominance is going up and we're getting a, um, let's have a look at it over here. Uh, even though the dominance is going up and we are about to break 51%, we are getting some, some signs of life from the altcoin markets. Like, I guess the big question is, which are the alts that are running and are we going to continue to go on those altcoin runs? And then later on in the show, we've got Gareth. And I wonder if Gareth is going to be bearish or bullish because right now we are experiencing a bond meltdown, a credit meltdown. And some people are saying this is bullish. Some people are saying this is bearish. So let's see what Gareth has to say about it. Uh, and then we've got a whole lot more. So big show today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's go, guys. Come on, Bitcoin. Come on, Bitcoin. Come on, Bitcoin. Come on, Bitcoin. Should I show them what we were doing before the show, guys? Or, or is that, do you think it's going to just ban our video if we say that? It's going to be, it's going to ban our video if we, I, I wanted to show you guys how we get psyched up to do a show before the, before the show. But then James is so scared that it's going to get us banned from YouTube. Okay, so no, don't put a card. Well, I'll show you. We'll, we'll actually show them at the end of the show. Who cares? If the show gets banned, the show gets banned. Listen, welcome back, guys. So excited to be here today. I'm so excited to be getting another little Bitcoin pump. Nice to get Bitcoin breaking 28,000 on the road up. Um, let's, we could just have a look at the bubbles. Let's look at the last hour because Bitcoin just started going. You can see in the last hour, the bubbles are starting to be green. Uh, today, let's just see what, what's happening today. Uh, Telegram up 6.18, Trust Wallet up 13.69, PulseX up 7.58, Aave up. Look at the week. We've had a great week. Solana up 25%, Rollbit up 30%, Render up 13%. Um, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk to you about altcoins. I'm going to talk to you about Bitcoin, why I think Bitcoin is going to melt faces and why I think everybody's wrong about the Bitcoin chart. Um, yeah, so let's do this. So listen, what you need to do is very simple. Subscribe to this channel. If you're not already a subscriber, you need to help us because what we're trying to do is we're trying to catch up to George from Crypto's Arrest. We're only 15,000 subscribers behind. We were 100,000 subscribers behind at the beginning of the year. So we need to help him catch us. So help us catch him. And then we're going to continue with other, other conquests, other friendly challenges with other influencers. Also, if uh, you like what you hear here today, then just smash the like button. Give us some appreciation. That's really all we get. So just to give us some appreciation. Anyway, let's go, 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 go. Let's talk about what's happening on the markets. It's really a tale of two sides. I'll show you the tale of two sides. 
on the one on the one side you have the stock market the stock market people seem to be panicking so what you have is you have oh we just broke 28000 yes go bitcoin go um so on the stock market you are back at extreme fear and what people are starting to fear now is they're starting to fear this credit collapse that's the the buzzword that's happening at the moment because right now the market is worried that the banks are going to start collapsing. Remember, we, had, we did a show about this earlier this week where we spoke about the fact that if the interest rates go up, then people aren't going to be able to pay their mortgages. Banks are not going to be able to, to um, return money to lenders. And then we're going to get some kind of bank run. So I saw Arthur Hayes was saying, the banking crisis is contained, exclamation mark. He says, now, nah, bitches, it's about to be Rectober. Um, it's a... Ooh. I don't, know what's, I don't know what's going on here. We should fire Josh. It's about to be wrecked. Tobe says, uh, thanks, Jay Powell and Grand Yellen for the bare steepener that will bankrupt the banks. What he's talking about is he's talking about the fact that bonds are collapsing. Interest rates are going up and bonds are actually collapsing. That's what's happening on the, on the markets. And I guess that this is, you can see that people are starting to get very, very scared. Um, someone says, only a stocks crash can rescue the bond market. What that means is that if stocks collapse, people will take their money out of stocks and actually put their money into safe government bonds. But until then, people don't want to be holding government bonds. I don't actually blame them because let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If this was a company, if, if this was a company and the company had $33 billion worth of debt, right? If this was a company and it had $33 billion worth of debt and it had a $1 trillion a year interest payment and interest rates were going up. What do you think would happen to that company? Well, I'll tell you what would happen to that company. That company would have to go with his tail between his legs to the SEC and say, listen, we messed up really bad. Like, here's the papers. We messed up really bad. Please put us in jail or something like that. that that's, that's really what would happen. And that's what people are worried about now. We spoke about it earlier this week. I said to you, I'm not worried about the consumer credit crisis. Um, I am worried about a banking crisis, but I think that may have been averted. But the thing that I'm most, most, most worried about is I'm starting to worry about a sovereign crisis. I'm worried about people saying, we don't want U.S. Treasuries anymore. If this is the state of the, the country that holds the world's reserve currency, I think we, we've, got, we've got a little bit of a problem. And now people are starting to talk about this. They're starting to talk about the bond market collapse. So I showed you this chart of TLT. TLT is long-dated government bonds. That's what it is, right? And you can see that this chart over here has gone from a high of 180 all the way down 52% to 84 or $85. Now, I did something very interesting. I love doing this when, when these things happen. But what I like doing is inverting the scale and saying, pretend up is, is down and down is up. Now, how does that chart look? It makes it look look parabolic. Now, the reality is that if you saw a chart like this, I don't know if you'd still be buying into this chart, even though, okay, maybe from a technical point of view, it is putting in higher highs and it is definitely on the uptrend. It does look like it's going to correct. So to me, that may actually be a, a, a time to start buying a little bit of long dated government bonds ETF. I call this, this, this ETF is called uh, TLT, but that we'll talk to Gareth about a bit later. Um, I do want to talk about uh, Arthur Hayes' prediction. So Arthur Hayes made a prediction that Bitcoin was going to hit about $750,000 per coin. And you can see that that's absolutely made the headlines. Listen to what he said. So I have to ask, where do you think Bitcoin is going? Is this something that, you know, uh, breaks 100,000? Is this something that breaks a million? Is Michael Saylor going to be a hero or the world's biggest L? What do you think? 
So my, my working model is that, you know, we're going to continue chopping around 25, 20, 30,000 this year. Um, as we get to some sort of financial disturbance and people recognize that real rates are negative. If, you know, if government are growing, if the economy is growing at nominal rate of 10%, but I'm only getting 5%, 6%, even though it's high, people are on the margin going to start buying other stuff, crypto being one of those things. So coming into 2024, either we get a financial crisis, rates go to zero, or we keep raising rates, but not as, not fast, not as fast as governments are spending money because we're just trying to keep people doing things and the rates are negative that we get to crypto around 70,000 uh, by the end of 2024. And that's a combination of the crypto happening event, right? Um, maybe there's going to be, you know, a few ETFs launched by large asset managers in the U S and Europe and China, oh, maybe Hong Kong to be specific. So we regain the all time high to the end of 2024. And that's when the real fun starts, right? That's when the real bull market starts. And so my mental model for where we could go, I think we're going to go somewhere between, you know, 750,000 to a million dollars in Bitcoin. Wow. So he says, okay, so there's a couple of things that he said, then I want to analyze all the things because there's some things that I agree with and some things I don't agree with. The first thing is he said, we're going to be chopping sideways and maybe slightly down for the next 12 months. I want to refute that in a second. He also said at the end of next year, 70,000, and then we're going to get some kind of credit event and that's going to push Bitcoin to $750,000 a coin. You know, I've got a great idea. Scarecrows. Tomorrow we get Arthur Hayes on. Yes. We need to get Arthur Hayes on the stream. Tell me in the comments if you want Arthur Hayes on the stream tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll get you Arthur Hayes. I'll phone him. I'll phone him right now. Hold on a second. Let's phone him. Whenever I do this, you know what happens whenever I do this. Whenever I do this, um, you guys get the number off the screen, right? So let's phone him. It's not ringing. All right, I will phone him and I will get him on the stream tomorrow. So just smash a like if you want Arthur Hayes on the stream tomorrow. So he said Bitcoin was going to choppy and maybe slightly down. Then it's going to go up to 70,000 by the end of next year. And then after that, it's going to go up to, up to, up to $750,000. We'll talk to him about that tomorrow. But I do want to talk about um, what, let's talk about his 750,000 first. And I really agree with him because I think that if we do get a credit event, if we do get an event where either the banks start to default or the US starts to default, then people are really going to have to run into a safe haven asset. It's going to be one of those aha moments where people say, okay, there is a collapse. It's a government collapse. The government, something's got, something's collapsed. Either it's the banking system or it could even be a nation. And when that happens, if you've been following things like Argentina or Turkey or whatever else, where do you want to be? You probably want to be in a finite supply asset. Now I saw this, which got me thinking. If I want to be in a finite supply asset, have a look at what this looks like. This could be the aha moment for Bitcoin. Why? Because if you look at the market cap of all the different assets, you've got you know, real estate, $326 trillion. You've got um, equities, $108 trillion. You've got gold, $12.2 trillion. And you can see that basically Bitcoin doesn't even exist. It's like it's so small that it doesn't even exist. So I guess what's, what's going to happen is what if we do get some kind of credit event, that may be like the trigger for this, for, for Bitcoin to actually become a real asset class. And you may ask, like, why hasn't this happened in the past? I'll tell you what hasn't happened in the past. We haven't had the, the on-ramps, the off-ramps, the custodianship, the institutional adoption ability to make it 
an institutional asset. And if you want an asset to be this big, well, then it has to be institutionalized. If you look at all these assets over here, they're all institutionalized assets. You've got real estate, very institutionalized. Gold, very institutionalized. Very easy to buy. There's a whole lot of ETFs. Um, equities, super institutionalized. Bitcoin is only now becoming institutionalized. And I think that when we remove the barriers for the institutions to get in, and when the ETF is actually approved, then we're going to get uh, Bitcoin becoming an international asset. When it does become an international asset, well, then it's going to actually start featuring on this pie chart slowly, 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 and then quickly. Because, I mean, Bitcoin is at 0.4 trillion. That's it. Look at it compared to all the other assets. You know, I keep talking about the institutionalization of Bitcoin. The, the big barrier in institutionalization is quick access using things like an ETF. And as I showed you in the beginning of the show, one of the ex-BlackRock directors, um, I'll quickly give you his name. Uh, here it is. Okay, so um, one of the directors of BlackRock, Stephen Schoenfield, uh, yesterday went on, he was talking at a panel yesterday, and he said that he thinks that the Bitcoin ETF is three to six months away. And he explains why he thinks it's now three to six months away and why this is not another one of the SEC uh, tactics to just keep pushing out and pushing out and pushing out. Listen to this. Oh, I would have said uh, nine to 12 months away. This is for the U.S. approval. Uh, but sitting here today, I'd say it's closer three to six months there for the first time. Uh, it was just last week. The SEC, instead of completely rejecting the whole list, they've actually asked for comments, which is a, a, a marginal but significant improvement in the dialogue. Uh, there's also the grayscale uh, lawsuit, which the SEC lost, which means they're most likely going to have to allow the grayscale the GBTC to be converted uh, into an ETF. I don't think the SEC wants that to happen and then have the ETF filing still waiting. Um, people should also remember the size of GBTC is over 20 billion, so that alone will be uh, a huge contribution to the asset class. So if, um, if there are no outflows. Well, there could be, yes. Well, there will be outflows. People have been trapped in it, but they'd be outflows at NAV. It's about 3%, right? Of the yeah, and if, if I had... If I had a billion in GBTC that's charging 2%, I would also move it to the VanEck uh, Bitcoin ETF, which is going to charge 65 basis points. So either Grayscale is going to adjust their pricing or they will have outflows, but it will be in the ETF ecosystem. So later on in the same interview, they asked him, how much money do you think is actually going to be flowing into the Bitcoin ETF? And he said something around $200 billion. Now, let's just quickly talk about what that means. If you look at the total market cap of Bitcoin, I think the, the total market cap now is about $400 billion. Let's quickly just look at the, the most accurate market cap that we've got. Um, it's around $588 billion. And he's saying another $200 billion will actually just flow into the ETF. So again, the truth is, we're very, 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 very close. Could be three months, it could be six months, but it's probably going to happen. And if it does happen, then, as I say, I think Bitcoin becomes a real asset class in this, in this pie chart. And for me, I think Michael Saylor said it best. He said it's like an arbitrage because we know it's going to happen. It's just a question of, it's a question of when, not if. And if you know that and if you believe that, then this is probably your last chance to be dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin.
Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about a little bit forward. Remember, if we get 1,500 likes, we bring Gareth on. Otherwise, we just leave him in the waiting room. What do you say? Just leave him in the waiting room. Just sorry, Gareth. Not enough. Not enough likes. Not enough likes to get Gareth on. Um, when it comes to Bitcoin, and specifically when it comes to Bitcoin in Q4, we have a situation at the moment. It feels like this is the situation at the moment when it comes to Bitcoin in Q4. This is this is what 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 I feel like is happening. <laughs> Everyone's trying to chase away the bears. Get out. This is basically the story of what happened to Capo on Twitter. Because he was the bear, and then there were a whole like, cage of bulls, and then, and then basically the bulls just put... You know, he managed to make a few scratches, but actually um, the, he's been kicked out of, of Twitter, and he's been kicked out of, 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 of bullish land. And I think that that's where we are. We are starting to get a bit more bullish. So fear and greed index, 48. Um, I did see this. So if you take the returns of, of Q4, and you take the historical returns of Q4, you've got an average of 93.8%. 93.38% in Q4. And you see that people are starting to get, as the price of Bitcoin climbs, people are starting to get more and more bullish. They're starting to take a lot more, they're starting to take a lot more um, leverage. And I want to show you what I think is going to happen next. So if I look at Twitter and I look at all the expectations that everybody has on Twitter, I see that they, the expectation, even from Arthur, is that Bitcoin continues sideways, maybe slightly down, and then turns. And it's everywhere. You heard Arthur just said a few minutes ago, if you look at almost like any chart that's been posted, so he has a chart from Stock Market Lizards, and basically what Stock Market Lizards is implying is that we're going to continue to go down until eventually at some point we you know, bounce off this trend line and break through this trend line and go up. If you look at the chart from Rect Capital, it's the same thing. It's like we carry on going down and then eventually we break up. Um, I mean, there's in everywhere I look, it's exactly the same chart. Everywhere I look, it's you know slightly sideways and then down, and then we're going to bounce up again. Now, one thing I've learned being in the markets is that the markets always do the opposite of what people think. The markets always go to the path of Max Payne. You remember last year, we were all expecting everyone, we were all expecting the market to to go to a hundred, well, Bitcoin to go to a hundred thousand dollars. Bitcoin didn't go to a hundred thousand dollars. In fact, it went to the point of Max Payne, right? When the markets were going down and everyone was expecting Bitcoin to go to $12,000, Bitcoin bounced and went to whatever the number is today, $28,000. So I think that the too many people right now are, are expecting the same scenario. They're all trading the same scenario. The, same, the scenario is that they think it's, that Bitcoin is going to go slightly down and then have this bounce at some point along the way. And then later on, when it comes to halving, I think that this time, because that is the expectation of the whole market, I think that, that's, that it's going to be slightly different this time. And I think that what's going to happen is that I think that Bitcoin is going to do the thing that we least expect. What does the market least expect right now is the breakout to come before the halving, the breakout to come before the, the ETF approval. That's what the market is not expecting. So I think that, mark my words, in the next three months, I think that we get this market doing the unexpected. And in this case, I think the unexpected is up. You know, that's, that's where I think the market's going. Anyway, listen, that's when it comes to Bitcoin. Let's really talk about altcoins because there are signs of life in altcoin. I want to show you some of the signs of life when it comes to altcoins. So look, yes, the Bitcoin dominance is scary. 
look at the Bitcoin dominance. It's going up. It's up only. It's now up at 51%. That is, I mean, you can't deny that, that, that Bitcoin dominance is going up. But Bitcoin dominance is going up at a time when Bitcoin is going up. And if you look at the bubbles, and specifically I'm looking at the weekly bubbles here, um, you've got, you know, some of the, the altcoins up 22%, 29%, 13%, Trust Wallet 21%, BSV, uh, Matic up 10% the, this week. So yes, if you look at it on a, on a daily, some, some are going up and some are going down, but look at it on, a, on the one week. We've had a great week this week, and it looks like there are signs of life when it comes to altcoins. So um, I also saw this over here, which is the altcoin index. And if you want to, you can kind of see that the altcoin index is also starting to, to trend. I don't know, that's what, that was Fred. I don't know why he's phoning me. But you can see the altcoin index is also starting to trend, uh, starting to, tr to trend upwards. Um, coming, speaking about alts, so let's look at the alts that are actually running. Um, Solana getting ready for DevCon. Render getting ready for Solana DevCon. Matic up 10%. One of the co-founders yesterday actually left Polygon Labs. Um, I don't think it's anything to worry about. It's one of the co-founders who turned around and said, um, his name is Jainty Kanani. And he says, um, he says uh, after kickstarting Polygon in 2017, uh, around six months back, I decided to step away from the day-to-day -day grind. I'm more confident in Polygon's bright future and passionate community. I'll be focusing on new adventures. Sandeep and him seem to have, you know, he says, man, this makes me emotional. What a ride we've had together, brother but it's just a start for Polygon. So I don't think that's anything to worry about. You know when I would be getting worried is if he would have said, like Sam Trabuco said, he said, I'm going to buy a yacht and I'm going to go spend time on a boat. Or if the guy, like the guy from Binance, when he said um, he, his wife wants him to do more chores around the house. So that's when I start to worry. When people tell me that their wife is telling them that they need to do more chores around the house. Um, do you feel like running a poll, Josh? Okay, let's run, let's run a new poll. Okay, let's run a new poll. Okay, now here's the poll. So Kyle Dupes gets Wednesdays off, right? He doesn't work on Wednesdays because Annie does his show in the morning. She didn't do show today, but she, Annie does his show in the morning. And then later on, um, so Kyle takes the day off on Wednesdays. And I've seen him here every single Wednesday. I see Kyle here. It's like he, he doesn't go home. He's, he's here every Wednesday. So the question is, is he here because he actually loves the office or is he here because he doesn't want to go home to his girlfriend? Let me know. In the, let's run a poll and let's see what the, the community says. His girlfriend's amazing. I'm kidding. Don't run the poll. His girlfriend's amazing. I'm just joking. And yes, ladies, Carl Dupes does have a girlfriend. So he's, he's untouchable. He's untouchable. Did you see the picture of Carl Dupes that I posted on the weekend? I mean, this is, this is a shirt. Hey? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let's quickly go. I got, I, we have to, I mean, we have to look at this shirt. Ladies, let me know what you think of this shirt. Hold on, I've got to find it quickly. Hold on. Aha, uh aha. -huh, uh -huh. Here we go. Let me know what you think of uh, Dupes' shirt. Oh. Hold on, hold on. People are saying, go to the Twitter scene. Oh. Is that, not, is that shirt not just sexy? Is that not the sexiest shirt? Doesn't that remind you of on that scene from Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> <laughs> No, we love Carl. We love Carl. We love Carl. Um, all right, let's carry on. Let's carry on. Let's get a little bit more serious here. Uh, we, we, we were talking altcoins. Yes, we were talking altcoins. Um, I saw that Avalanche had a little bit of a pump because they got this, this competitor to Frentech. It's called Stars Arena building on, on Avalanche. But then I heard that it, got, it just got hacked. So be careful. Be careful. Be careful. I heard that it just got hacked. Um, 
Someone says, Carly's busy building well school on Wednesdays. Oh, that's crypto school saying that. Carl was sitting in the office here, guys. Anyway, um, this chart here says, I don't understand how anyone can be bearish on altcoins after seeing this chart. Possibly the best time to invest, to be well positioned for the coming bull run. Now is the time to lay the foundation for 100x profits, in my opinion. I think I agree, but you've got to, be, you've got to call the narratives right for the next um, altcoin season. You can see that, that we are in a slight uptrend since the middle of September, but, and we broke... You know, this is, this is total three. This is the, the total three chart, which is, yeah, let's just take a, a quick trend line here. You can see, we, it depends how you draw your trend line. Um, you can do something like that. You can see we've kind of broken out there. Um, so you've got, you've got total three actually now breaking out. So keep your eyes on alts. Even though the dominance is going up, the, the good alts are actually running. Um, yeah, I think that, that's, that's happening there. Um, okay, we did get economic data in the US. The jobs data came out. 207,000 versus 204,000 previous est uh, estimated was 210,000. Um, yeah, really nothing really, n n nothing to write home about. It does look like the economy is starting to slow down. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing, um, why is he doing that? It's so irritating. Um, I'm seeing that the uh, mortgage purchase applications in the US are starting to fall, which means the housing market's starting to cool down. You've got uh, UK housing, as I say, slowing down, you've got banks not giving credit. One very, very, very interesting thing that I've seen is that the oil price is coming down. Now, when the oil price comes down, what it means is that the market is starting to worry that the economy is not going to be as heated as they thought it was going to be. And you can see that now the oil price is actually starting to come down. But we'll break that down with Gareth. He's going to be with us in, in a couple of minutes, in probably less than 10 minutes. Remember also that next week we have an inflation reading. So it's, uh, is it next week Thursday? What's the date today, guys? Today's the fifth. So next week, this time, we're going to get the inflation numbers. Uh, there's no forecast yet. Remember, the last reading was 3.7. Um, let's actually see what trueflation says inflation is. Trueflation. Let's see what they say that 2.47%. That's what they, they say the inflation, the inflation numbers are going to be. So we are going to do it. Remember, if we don't get over 1,500 likes, we, keep, we lock Gareth in the waiting room and we just don't bring him on, Okay. Um, let's see what else there is. There's a lot, there's a lot going on today. A lot going on today. Um, we spoke about that. Um, let's quickly give our sponsors a shout out while we're waiting. And I've got another story for you. So quickly, Deribit. So, um, they are our partners when it comes to trading options. And we are going to start the options courses, the free options courses again with them. In the meantime, they have a strategic partnership with a company called Legend Trading. And they're going to integrate fiat to crypto services, making, making it easier for people to trade options uh, using Deribit and to get onto, onto the off-ramps. They've also got a, partner, a partnership with CryptoScat, um, which gives a 20% discount to all users. If you use our link below, you also get discounts. You also get sign-up bonuses. So that's amazing. Also, if you're in the UK or Canada and you want 100 bucks, sign up to BitGet, trade in the BitGet competition, and for every $100 you deposit, you get $100. Or no, if you deposit $100, you get $100. That actually reminded me. I have a position open. I have a Doge position open. Not looking good. Okay. Not looking, it, it's, I mean, I'll come right there. I'm not worried about it. Just, I just want to win the competition. And right now, I'm not doing well in the competition. Then um, CoinW, deposit $50, get $50. This is if specifically if you're in the, in the United States. That's, uh, th that, this, one, this one here is specifically for you guys. Sign up with CoinW. You, get, you put $50, you get $50. I think you don't have to do a KYC, which is why it's, uh, for now it's, it's US friendly. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's talk about the SBF trial because we did have the SBF jury finally selected. 
and uh, Martin Martin Shkreli, is that how you pronounce that? Shkreli. He basically says, in a nutshell, he says he says that um, uh, SPF is fucked. That's basically what he says. I mean, I I, I don't like to use that kind of language uh, because the YouTube then ban our our videos. But he says, look, he's looked at the at the jury. He has the jury over here. Um, I mean, for the non-Americans, isn't it weird that like if you commit like a huge crime in the United States, then they just get twelve people. Like normal 12 people off the street, and those are the people that actually try you. Just, it's, it's such a strange concept to me. Anyway, now he's got a physician's assistant, a female, a, a female nurse, a female social worker, a, a female, a male 59-year-old consultant, a male 50-year-old train conductor, um, a female librarian. I mean, what is this jury? Anyway, I mean, it's like you get a librarian, a teacher, a, a postal services worker. These are the guys that are going to decide if he goes to jail or not. So it's, the fate is in the hands of the, the, the postman and, and the retired banker and, and, and whatever else. Um, Shkreli says, it looks like Sam's only chance is to convince the cancer banker, a.k.a. the NHL, a.k.a. Hong Kong, to acquit. Everyone else in that jury is going to convict him. Nine women, three men. I generally view this as awful. I could be convinced it's only slightly bad, but there's no doubt in my mind that he's at a disadvantage. The pregnant 39-year-old physician's assistant, I got a good look at her and I'm convinced she will convict. Yo, <laughs> no good reason. No good read on the 59-year-old man. The social worker will convict. The nonprofit fundraiser will convict. The postal services guy will convict, but I also see him think uh, he'll be the most vocal in the, in the jury. Man, it's so weird that we can't see the jury, but like, like, I want to imagine what this postal guy actually looks like. The corrections officer going to convict, okay? Um, special education teacher will convict. Librarian will send SBF to hell. Whew. Whew. This is, I wouldn't like to be Sam. Anyway, this is his parents walking out of the court yesterday. Take a good look at his parents, Joseph and Barbara. Um, they, are, um, they have nice houses all around the country. Since their son, um, and apparently they also actually wanted now, the FTX liquidator is actually coming after him. He wants his, he wants his money that they got all their beautiful houses with and, and everything else. Um, we did speak about the Polygon founder who stepped away. Um, I don't think there's anything un, untoward there. We're waiting for Gareth to join us. He'll be on any minute now. Uh, remember, while we're waiting, for, if, you're on, if you're in Bybit, then just go and if you're not on Bybit, take out a Bybit account. And if you are, once you've got an account, just go register for this lucky draw campaign. When you register for the lucky draw campaign, you start you you basically start to spin. You can you can win an iPhone 15 Pro. You can win an Apple Watch, iPad Pro. You can win fifty dollars. You get three chances for the first time deposit. If you trade more than fifty thousand dollars, you get another chance. If you trade over hundred thousand dollars, you get another chance. So basically, the more you win, the more you play. The more you win, the, the more you play. The more you win. The more you play, the more you win. That's the story. Um, all right, listen, I'm, gonna, I'm about to sacrifice this video while we're waiting for Gareth. Because, um, so I'm about to sacrifice the video. Um, I wanted to show you what we do around here when we want to get ready for the show. So am I doing this, guys? Sure. Hold on a second. Um, it, it's probably too risky, hey? It's, okay, it's too risky. It's too risky. I'm, I'm too scared to do it because then, then YouTube will actually actually ban us from, from making the content. But we actually turn up EDM, like serious, serious electronic dance music, and we just, like, we just trance here until the, the show actually begins. Um, 
Dupes looking like Broback Mountain. Stop shilling KYC trash. Listen, it's not me. Don't hate the don't hate the player. Hate the game. Like I'm not the one who imposes KYC. It's the exchanges imposing KYC. All right, so listen, we're waiting for Gareth. He said that if we get 1,500 likes, he joins us. If not, we're just going to sit here and do a Q&A, and we can actually go through the newsroom together. You know how much I love the newsroom. It's an amazing, amazing product. So here's how it works. You go to banterbubbles.com. You click on the newsroom over here, and then you set your time frame. So I like looking at the newsroom on a five-minute time frame. Why? Because... It shows you the news that's coming out and then you can actually see how the markets are reacting to the news in real time. That's why I love it. Um, look at this chart matches, runs contrarian bullish. Okay, ooh, this is this is good. Let's have a look here. See, that's coming from the newsroom. It says, BTC-SPX ratio tells us that we're in a bull market. We are only in the very beginning of a monster move. Higher risk in higher risk assets. Before this bull market is over and done, bears will have to come to the bulls. So there's... That's, that's coming from Heinrich. Excellent. Excellent. Matches my theory. But I wonder what Gareth will say. I wonder what Gareth will say. Um, dominance broke structure. Apparently going to 56. That's coming from Fefe. Fefe is one of our people that, people that actually work here. Very good trader, actually. Um, yeah. Dominance is, dominance is looking pretty scary, guys. Look at that. But I mean, when we say dominance is looking scary, I'm not scared of it. Why? Because it's not like Bitcoin's going up and the rest are going down. It just means that Bitcoin's going up quicker than the altcoins. So you see Bitcoin's now over 20, 20, 28,000. Cool Bitcoin. Um, yeah. So that's the, that's the story. But you see how, how cool, this is what we wanted to build. We wanted to build like a Bloomberg style feed with the prices over here. So, and this is all curated by humans. So it's not AI. It's actually what we really care about. Um, Speaking of AI, next week I'll show you something amazing which I've done. Something amazing which we which we're actually doing. I'm not allowed to break it yet. Not allowed to break it yet. Um, am I allowed to break it? No, no, no. No, it's, I better not say it. It's we've done an amazing, amazing deal here at Banter. Um, all right, let's carry on scrolling down the newsroom. But you see how amazing the tool is. So uh, DJ Git says FFF breaking trend. What what is FFF? Federal funds futures. Okay, federal funds futures breaking trend. I think, I must say, I really think that this TLT might be a buy. I'm going to ask Gareth when he, when he comes on. Well, only if you guys give me 1,500 likes, then, then uh, Gareth's going to come on. Um, let's do some Q&A while we're waiting. Um, he says, oil may be bouncing, starting the reverse back up. Let's quickly look at oil. Um, I don't see that, eh? I, I see oil, like, let's look at the one hour. Okay, on the one hour time frame, we have a little bit of a bounce in oil, you know? Um, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. I, I see Gareth actually jumping in, but he says he's not coming in until we get 1,500 likes. Uh, let's see what else. What other, let's do some Q&A while we're waiting. Gareth, too busy trading, making money. I hope so, I hope so, I hope so. He deserves it. He needs to make money. He needs to make money. Um, Stars Arena vulnerability now appears to be fixed. That Stars Arena is the avalanche version of that, of uh, Friends Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, how's my post? What's it called? Post, post tech, post dot tech. Let's just see how I'm doing on post dot. Oh, Gareth arrived. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Can, is he? Is it like? Can we connect him? Yeah, He's here, ladies and gentlemen. Gareth Salloway. He can't hear you. Ladies and gentlemen, Mister Gareth Salloway. I can't hear him, guys. How's it going, buddy? Good to see you. I think it's really time we fire the people here. I can't hear Gareth. <laughs> it's all good, man. 
I don't hear Gareth. Do you guys hear Gareth? Hello? No. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can finally hear Gareth. All right. Amazing. All right. Uh, Gareth, how are you, my friend? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I have a lot of questions for you, sir. I have a lot of questions for you. Do you think... Let's, let's do it, man. You know I'm... Oh, hold on, hold on. You guys... So I want to show you, I want to show you this chart over here, which is the chart that I've been looking at. It's the TLT chart. You, you got me onto this chart. It's the long dated government bonds. It looks like a shit show. It looks like everyone's panicking out of, of long dated government bonds. Can you explain to me like I'm five, what that actually means? Well, so it basically means this is that, that bonds over the last 20 plus years have been sold to people with interest rates at two to three percent um now all of a sudden bonds are paying five to six percent and so as an investor would you rather have those bonds that are paying two to three or would you say hey i want five to six so the value of the bonds that are paying two to three have collapsed 25 to 50 percent all these banks own a ton of these bonds and the yields, which is the TLT is the inverse of bonds, right? So, so essentially when rates go up, the TLT comes down. It's telling us what bond prices are doing uh, on the long end of the curve. And so, so as TLT comes down, it's, it's showing you that the value of those bonds that are probably paying a lot less have come way in. So I guess that you're staying, if I look at this chart, I think you're staying very far away from that chart, right? Uh, you will, the truth is I, I actually have a little position in TLT right now. Long or short? Long, long. I'm long TLT. For a bounce or for, for... Yeah, just, just for a bounce, right? And, and I'll show you why. So, so the thought process is let's take a look at the 10-year, right? And the 10-year to me is you have a topping tail on the, on the chart from yesterday. So we saw a reversal there. We know that yields on the 10-year have gone from 4% to 4.9%, which is in, a, in one month, which is a massive move. And I'm kind of thinking that people like this is a very lopsided trade. And I'm a big fan of being the contrarian where people, everyone are, is saying, oh, yields are going north of 5% and so on and so forth. I don't think the system can handle it. I don't think the Fed can let that happen because there's already banks that are holding paper that is down 25 to 50%. I mean, they literally will be zombie banks holding billions of dollars in losses. And so I think ultimately we'll see a pullback in yields, which the TLT will then catch a bit. Are now, you again, mind you, not financial advice. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Are you scared of a banking collapse? Oh, man, that is a tough one. Uh, so this is my I believe that if the if the government in the last banking collapse when Silicon Valley Bank failed, if the government hadn't insured those deposits, then we would already be in a major epic bank run across all banks I think that the fact that they did that basically means that all deposits are insured here in the U.S. and that it, it'll be almost impossible because as long as people leave their money in the banks, these banks have X, you know, basically they have leverage to lend out a ton of money. Mm. Um, so so I think that you're looking at what should be banking's collapse. I mean, the investments that these banks have made are horrendous, 25, 50 percent losses. They should be collapsing. But you've basically created a system where they can't lose now because people won't take their money out of the banks. Are you worried about something like this? Are you worried about like the fact that something's going to break now because interest rates are so high? Like I'm looking at this and it kind of shows like interest rates spiking, and every time interest rates spike, something breaks, and then when in, yeah. when something breaks, we then get you know the, we get the drop in interest rates. Do you think we're at that point where something's going to break? 
I do. I do. In fact, uh, you know, I'm surprised nothing has yet that we're aware of. I do speculate that there's something that the Fed knows that we don't know yet that maybe they're not telling us. Um, But again, you know, it's really tough because if you look at what's going on with the dollar yen, I mean, that is some crazy stuff. And the carry trade is such an intricate part to the financial system over there. And then you look at what yields are doing right now to the housing market. I mean, the housing market is a mess right now. You know, sellers don't, people don't want to sell. People can't afford to buy. It's, it's a mess out there. And so, so I mean, you say it's there a are mess. so many areas. Gareth, you say mm-hmm. it's a mess, but I don't think it's a mess. And I'll tell you why I don't think it's a mess. I think it's, yeah. it's at the first step of a mess, okay? So why do I say it's the first step of a mess? Because what's happening in the US is the housing market is just slowing down. Like people aren't applying for new mortgages. But what I haven't seen yet in the States is I haven't seen people try and sell their houses and not be able to sell their houses. Now I have a few houses that I invested in in South Africa and Johannesburg, which is a a city in, a, a shitty city in South Africa, like a really shitty city in South Africa. And you cannot sell the houses for, you cannot give the houses away. Like, a house that I paid three million for, I can put it on the market today at one point five million, and I won't get a single bid. That is for me when you say that a, that a housing market's collapsing. What that's, I'm seeing—that's yeah. What I'm seeing in the US is not that. What I'm seeing in the US is like you know mortgage applications are low. Okay, so there's no movement in the market, but I don't see fire sales. I don't see like like good deals. Is that is that well, your it, feeling too? Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. It's it, we're not seeing a collapse in the housing market yet. It's it's I agree 100%. It's stage 1 of a 10 stage process, right? So so right now we're seeing and I, I'm seeing this I am on Zillow all the time. I get these alerts. I'm seeing a lot of price drops starting to hit, which is the beginning stage. So in in you know, owners are beginning to realize that with interest rates this high, the way they have to attract buyers is to lower the price of the house to offset the high interest, right? So that's the stage 1. Stage number two will be where we see the decline accelerating and, and you know, price is really starting to cave and then the defaults will come in and Airbnb is going to be a big culprit of this if the economy weakens like I think because you have like over one million houses in the US that were bought based on based on being able to rent those on Airbnb and pay the mortgages by those rental you know, gains. And as soon as you see a slowdown in the economy, those houses are going to go into default. People won't pay the mortgages on them. They're just using them for income purposes. And that'll kickstart another leg of the housing market here. So listen, you're right. It's just, the housing market will take five years to play out. No doubt about it. It's just stage one here. Uh, before we get into today's charts, uh, Arthur Hayes, he did an interview yesterday with Tom, Tom, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Billy or whatever his name is. He said in the interview that uh, Bitcoin will be choppy. This year, we'll get to 70000 by the end of next year. And then by end of 2026, $750,000. Okay. What, how do you, what do you say to, to Arthur Hayes? I mean, for me, there's always that chance. It's a probability metric, right? So uh, as of now, until we break above the 31, 32,000 level, uh, I'm skeptical. I think once we break that out, then you start looking at the next level, which would be kind of those all-time highs, 65 to 69,000, and then we got to take that out. So I'm a very step-by-step trader, shorter-term trader. And, and I think, again, you know, it's great, makes great for sound bites. But but for me, it's more like, what are the charts telling me? And I go with what they're saying as of what now. Are, and as so- of now what are the charts telling you now? Yeah. So as of of now, right? I mean, right now I am short-term bullish, right? We broke out above this. I saw you posted a video of me earlier where we talked about, I talked about breaking above this trend line right here, which then created the bullish momentum. We've stalled right here. So we have to take out this 28,000 level. 
If we do, we have a big area around 29,000. And if we take that out, then we can retest this upsloping trend line and this trend line, which marks this top at around 31,000. And that's the point. I mean, this is going to be the, this is the big kahuna, as they say, where that's the level you have to get above. Then you start talking about momentum coming in. You couple that with maybe early 2024 um, ETF, spot ETF approvals, and you could be talking about all-time highs again. That is a possibility. But we got a I lot, mean, that, you know, again, it's this a is probably stage one. This is stage one of maybe the bull market. We have to get to stage like five or 10. <laughs> were you encouraged this week to see that the bonds were collapsing, the stock markets were red, and that Bitcoin was going up? Was that something that you looked at yes. and thought, holy shit, what's going on here? Not yeah, not holy shit, but like it definitely like oh, that's interesting. That's a positive for Bitcoin that it can withstand the craziness, especially when you saw gold. Gold has really collapsed recently, um, down into support, but it's had like eight, nine down days in a row. So anytime you can see Bitcoin holding up in a panicked market where a risk asset selling off plus gold, which is a safety hedge, is also selling off, Bitcoin holding strong. There's that's a positive, no doubt. All right, take me to Dixie because that Dixie looks like it's like I mean. It looks like a shitcoin that's just been listed on Binance. <laughs> yes. So I think the Dixie's top tier. Um, again, maybe not the popular opinion, but I have this trend line here that goes back to 2021. It connects through all of these lows. We hit it here, we bounced, then we broke, and then we did a retrace to the underbelly of it here, and now we've retraced again. So based on that thesis of every time we're hitting this, we're pulling back, we should get some sort of pullback on the Dixie here, which again, you know, tomorrow's the jobs number, right? So, so this is interesting to see the topping tail on the 10 year yield and the hit of this trend line on the Dixie. Does it insinuate that the jobs number could be weaker tomorrow and that we see a, a drop in those two metrics? All right. Last time you came here, I asked you if what you would give the probabilities of another interest rate hike. doesn't matter when, but I think I'm asking what are the probabilities that are that we're going to get one more interest rate hike before the end of the hiking cycle? I said it was like 90%. I think you said it was like 30% or 35% if I remember correctly. How do you feel now yeah. about, about another interest rate hike at any point in time? I'm yeah, so I'm still in that camp of about 30%. Like, you know, I, I'd somewhat be, I'd, I'd, if I had to put a money on it, like $100 on yes or no, I'd put it $100 on no, that there won't be any more hikes, just based on the fact that, that again, we're already seeing probable breakages in the system with the hikes. If the Fed stays hawkish for too much longer, I do think that the stock market will be, we'll, we'll wake up one morning and be like, holy cow, we're down 25% on the S&P. I think we're down already 8 or 9% off of just the highs of a month ago, right? So, I mean, the markets are starting starting to come in hard, how much more can the Fed allow to happen? Because remember, the wealth effect starts to disappear. People start looking at their 401ks and they say, holy cow, I'm down 10%. I'm not going to go buy that new car or this or that. And then that slows the economy, which by the way, the Fed wants. But again, they, they have to be careful to thread the needle that they don't cause a major collapse. All right. So lastly, let's look at the stock markets. How are the stock markets looking? How, what are you looking at? SPX or NASDAQ? What's your, what's your proxy? Yeah, so so for me, the S&P here, this is the spiders chart. We are into some support right in here. I do think we go a little bit more. This this pivot line right here on the spiders at 418 is going to be huge. Um, let's see what it does here. I mean, if it breaks that, I think that's where we start heading all the way back to the October lows. Right now, you're in this area that's a warning sign for the markets, but I don't think we've really collapsed just yet. And maybe if we get a pullback in yields in the dollar, maybe the markets can actually get a bounce here. All right, Gareth, thank you, my friend. We'll chat soon. So I, look, I'll take, I'm going to take the other side of that bet, the $100. I say $100 that there will be another interest rate hike at some point. You can $100 that there won't be. We'll talk when the Fed start reducing. Let's say that 
when they start reducing rates, that's when the bet the bet gets paid. So the bet gets uh, settled. Hundred dollar bet. All right. All right, Gareth. Much love, my brother. Much love. Much love. Much, much love. love. All right, that's Gareth, and he's—I uh, mean, he's—he's he's, he's actually bullish. He said he's bullish. Bullish ones. He's bullish Bitcoin. I guess great that we changed the thumbnail at the beginning of the show. All right, listen, guys. I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Just remember, before tomorrow, if you like betting on sports, we have partnered up with BetSwap. You can use your crypto. It's completely decentralized. You can use your crypto to actually bet on sports. So if you like sports betting, um, we don't like gambling, but what we do like is sports betting. So um, go and check it out. BetSwap.gg. It's not—it's—it's BetSwap.gg. Check it out. Check it out. All right, guys. Listen, much love. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, Hopefully, Arthur Hayes will be on with us tomorrow. Uh, If not, we'll do something else. So I'll see you again tomorrow. Until then, trade well, my friends.